We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome to Fireside Chat with Dr. June Knight. Okay, Brad, let's delve in here um, because I only have an hour before we have our prayer meeting. Today's idol that we're dealing with is called the Preacher Pyramid. And what that is is where uh, preachers... Now, this is not all. This is just some. And it does happen, believe me. Where the preachers will not raise up people to discover their own missions they want them to serve their own purpose uh their own vision forever like they don't want to raise them up to discover are you a missionary what are you called to do are you a preacher are you a a businessman what has he called you to do and really help that person to discover their vision and they will be held accountable to God for that because the Lord showed me when I prayed with people on their deathbed for 18 months that that is the main reason for us being here is our mission on earth. We will answer to God for it if we did what he wanted us to do. He wrote a book for us before time began with a plan and purpose for every human. And... I When I was reading about it this morning, I thought, oh my goodness, this is like the Catholic Church. The way that the current day church system is set up with the pastor at the top, everybody beneath, you know, type of deal. Which I understand we have to have a shepherd, but you'll see when we get in the word here, how the disciples were uh, in Jesus' day. And, but if you look at it today, it is kind of like the Catholic system. Uh, which I mean, nothing's wrong with having a leader, but if you're not raising up those people to discover their own destiny, 
And it may be to serve you. If God has called them to serve you, then that is their destiny. But there's a lot that sit there 30 and 40 and 50 years who have been called to start ministries, to invent something, to do something, you know. So that's what we're repenting of today. Well, let's go ahead and start in Acts chapter 14. I do have my little man with me today. So let's go over here to Acts 14. And he will do the speaking for us. Acts 14. And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so spake, that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil, affected against the brethren. You know, Brad, I thought about that today. Is that not happening today where they are trying to separate the church? Especially right now by race, they're trying to separate us. That's the devil. Amen. For both they, speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided and part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made, both of the Gentiles and also the Jews with their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them. All right, pause right there. When it talks about also the Jews with their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them. That is what we're going to pray about today. Uh, is some of the ministers that have pushed down the prophetic. I'm going to tell you, I have interviewed over 300 ministers over the past three years. And I have heard this as a very, very common theme from God, from all these preachers, is that the reason so many people don't go to church and they're searching for all these other uh, faiths and getting into mysticism and all that is because the ministers have pushed them down. They have not accepted their gifts and their callings, and they don't want them in their church. They don't want prophets. They don't want apostles. Um, and so we're going to repent for that today, but that's kind of like that. Let's go. They were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, and unto the region that lieth round about. And there they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. <laughs> and That's awesome, isn't it, Brian? They lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Lyconia, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul curious because he was the chief speaker then the priest of jupiter which was before their city brought oxen and garlands unto the gates and would have done sacrifice with the people which when the apostles barnabas and paul heard of they rent their clothes and ran in among the people crying out and saying okay do y'all see what's happening brian god granted them to do signs and wonders okay this is the apostles. So let's picture them like pastors today. 
God has granted them all these gifts and granted them all these signs and wonders, some of them, and granted them all this position, in other words, bringing in all these people, trusting them with all these souls. But the people begin to magnify the apostles. And they begin to call them gods. Is that not happening in our country today? When we put people on pedestals, when God should be the only one on pedestals. And so that is part of the preacher pyramid. Is that they get to the top and it goes to their head. And they begin, you know, taking all the glory, sucking up all the glory. And that's exactly what happened right here. But what did the disciples do? They rent their clothes. They were so mad. They're like, don't give me glory. I am the same as you. Let's keep going. Let's see what the disciples do in this situation. Because why do ye these things? We also are men of like passions with you. Bam. Right there. They're letting them know, just because we operate in signs and wonders, just because we have all these gifts, does not make us better than you. We are obeying the Lord. We are doing what God's called us to do. But you are called to do what you're called to do too. See what I mean? Instead of taking all the glory and putting yourself on a pedestal, Push it back. Let them know they are on the pedestal. Because God has something for them to do. So let's see what happens here, Bride. Teach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good. All right. What did the apostles do right there, Brad? They turned around and gave God the glory. They gave God the glory. They said he is the one that has created the heavens and the earth. They did not take the glory because God had granted them the gifts of signs, miracles, and wonders. And I want to stress right here about us in ministry. We can never take the glory for anything that happens. Any sign, miracle, wonder, salvation, or anything. Because we are a team. We're all in this together. Meaning, if someone comes to me and gets saved, it doesn't fall on me. It just happens to be the right time. Because a hundred other people have ministered to that person. God has used the whole, everyone in his kingdom. This is the whole point about today. Is distress kingdom. There have been many people ministered to them. The Holy Spirit gets the praise because the Holy Spirit is the one that wooed them. But see a lot of preachers, and we're going to repent of this today. A lot of preachers will take glory in all of the manifestations of God. Oh, we had this miracle, that miracle, all these salvations. Well, God gets all the glory. And we 
just need to be sure we give him the glory. Let's continue, Brad. Fruitful seasons filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings scarce restraint they the people that they had not done sacrifice unto them. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Wait a minute. Are you saying after they did all the signs, miracles, and wonders, and they turned around and put the direction back on God, and they said, you need to give praise to God. He's the one that created everything. And they still turn around and stoned him. What the world? Wait a minute. When we keep the focus on God, when they hate you, it's going to be because they hate God. When you stand up for what is right. I don't know how to explain this, Bride, except that when people take the glory, they're being selfish. You know, it's a very, being selfish in today's times is a very rewarded action. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know. Let's keep going. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra, and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples, and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. That is pivotal! Come on now! Through much tribulation, we will enter into the kingdom of God. A lot of ministers preach there is no suffering in the kingdom. That is not true, bride. There is suffering. You tell me when you are persecuted for standing up for what is right that that is not suffering. You tell me that when you are waiting on the promise that you will not experience suffering while you're waiting. When people get sick that they're not suffering. And when we teach people something is wrong with you, you don't have enough faith, so you're not doing something right while you're suffering. See, in everything, Brad, uh, I want to encourage you in this. Whenever something hits your life, whether it's a sickness, a disaster, a calamity, a chaos, okay, the first thing we should do as the children of God is get on our face before the Lord and ask Him, God, did we open a door somewhere? Because, yes, most of the time the enemy cannot touch you unless you open a door somewhere. So we get before God and ask Him so that God can reveal to us, rebuke us, chastise us, and cleanse us. See, this is where a lot of the church don't want to be uh, corrected. <coughs> Excuse me. But correction and chastisement is a good thing. So we go back to the Lord and we ask Him and let Him deal with our heart. If not, okay, Lord. Uh, whatever you're trying to teach me through this, I pray that I will hear what you're saying. And I'm going to tell y'all, one time I was in this house, and I did not want to be there, but the Lord made me serve this person. 
and I would I would cry every day. God, I want to leave because you know in a in the mission, when you're on a mission like me in these forty days right now, and a lot of you watching that's on the forty days, we cannot leave our mission post until God tells us to. And if He tells you, uh, if He tells you to do it, then you have to do it. Because God has a purpose. You cannot leave just because you're suffering. In other words. A lot of us when the suffering gets really hard. We want to leave. But we can't. Because God has a purpose in that suffering. So you know what God did? He made me stay in that. And in the I stayed until God told me to. Through all the crying. But after I left. I realized the reason God had me do that. Is because he was burning in me endurance. He was burning in me to persevere. And that I, he let me know through that suffering that I can do anything. I can go anywhere. I can go to hell knowing that God is with me. If I left the mission because the suffering was so bad and I couldn't take it no more, I wouldn't have learned how God's grace carried me through. Okay, let's keep going. We're on verse 23. <clears throat> and when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And after oh, wait God, a minute. That is profound, bribe. They commended them to the Lord. They are not the pastor's possessions. They are the Lord's possessions of whom they believed. We're a team. In other words, the point of this whole thing is that we are a team. When we do a ministry together, if I'm a pastor and I have a congregation under, we're a team here. You know, this is just what called me. God called me to do to teach you and to raise you up to be what God has called you to be. I'm just discipling you and empowering you to get out there and do what God has called you to I encourage you to leave. <laughs> you know, you're not the one that pays my bills. God is my provider. I don't have to do raise money schemes or nothing. God is the one that provides for me. So I am not here to have you to supply me support me uh to try to entice me to try to bribe me come on now my god is my supplier and my source what i'm here for is to raise you up and finding out what is your book that god wrote about you what did he call you to do and what can i do to help you to get there and i'm going to be tough because that is love, is being real with you and truthful with you to help you to rise up, be mature. Okay, so let's keep going here. Through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia, and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down into Italia, and thence sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come, they the finished together. their mission, see? They rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Oh. And there they abode long time with the disciples. 
Okay, now we're going over to chapter 15. Now, if you notice, the, the apostles, boy, they was on the road. They was traveling Acts 15. about the Lord's work. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation Legalism. with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenice and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. Gave God the glory. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying, that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider this matter. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us, that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, Come on. them the Holy Ghost, even Come as on. he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them. Uh-oh! What is that? What did we just hear? God put no difference between us and them. Isn't that amazing? Right there. Verse 9. Chapter 15, verse 9. And God, this is verse 8. And God which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost. Wait a minute. Bride, I want you to consider the Catholic Church. The way that the Catholics are ran is you have a priest who used to read this book and nobody else could read it. I'm the only one that has God over here. And you have to come and you have to confess to me. I am all-knowing. And then you have to repent all your sins to me. See what I mean? It's a hierarchy. Uh, which is a lot of the Masons. Remember I told you how they're mixed with the Masons. A lot of the Masons, you have to go up the hierarchy. You have to do all these orders. Uh, going through different levels. That's how it is in the Catholic Church. Well, the modern day church is kind of uh, done like that. Uh, where we all have, uh, you know, this pastor and we have Bibles. But he does not you know, is not allowing them to discover what their destiny is. But, just like it says right here, God gave the modern day church, every one of us, the Holy Ghost. Which means, this person in my congregation has the Holy Ghost just like I do. So why am I not encouraging them? Well, I'm sure they are, but about their mission. What has God called you to do? In your mission, you have the Holy Ghost just like it says right here in verse 8. Just like I do. Which means, wait a minute. God has called you to something. So what I'm going to do is help you to hear him. So that you'll know what to do. Even as he did unto us. And put no difference between us and them. Purifying their hearts by faith. In other words, don't put me on a pedestal. 
Okay, don't put me on a pedestal. Put God on the pedestal. Let's keep going. Purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved, even as they. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles. Okay, I just want to point that out about what they just said about the Ten Commandments because I have been under scrutiny by people saying that I'm legalistic because, uh, you know, preaching about the, the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments and whatnot. And I'm telling them God didn't do away with them. He just fulfilled them. He still wants us to do the Ten Commandments. So what they are saying right here is yes, God gave us the Holy Ghost to be able, the grace, to be able to do the Ten Commandments. To be able to follow the Lord, to be able to walk a holy life. In other words, like I tell children when I minister to children, every one of you have the Holy Spirit and He is a superpower. He is a real person on the inside of you. That is going to lead you and guide you into all the truth. That's the difference between the New Testament and the Old Testament, see? In the Old Testament, they had to do kind of like the Catholic order and go to a priest. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they had to sacrifice an animal for forgiveness, but it wasn't forgiven. It was just kind of covered. But Jesus came so that we can be free of that order. Come on now. This is another reason why when you get filled with the Holy Ghost... If you're Catholic, you should leave. You should free yourself of that order. Uh, but anyways, okay, so then you come into the New Testament. Jesus left the earth because Jesus said, I have to leave so that you can receive the Holy Ghost. He is going to come in each one of you, and he is going to help you to walk this out. So that's what they're saying right here. Each of you have this, and it is through him that's going to give you the grace to be able to do all this. Okay, let's keep going. By them, and after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets, as it is written, after this I will return, and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord, Come on. and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, yes. who doeth all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world, wherefore my sentence is, that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. All right, now. That we write unto them that they abstain from pollution to idols. Oh! What are we praying for for these 40 days? This is confirmation if I have ever seen it. Right here. Where is my highlighter? This is verse 20. Highlight that in your Bible. 
but that we write unto them <clears throat> that they abstain from pollutions of idols. That is what we have done in our country. We have polluted the altars of a holy God in our sanctuaries by bringing these idols in, bringing in these things that ought not be in our churches. We have polluted the altars by allowing sin on our platforms, allowing sin in our teachers, in our churches, allowing sin to pollute our altars. When I was in Niagara Falls, the Lord told me to stand over the falls. I was in Canada. I did it on the Canada side and the American side. To prophesy, I did this at 4 o'clock in the morning, which is me and God's sacred time together. I stood there and pointed to the heavens and repeated <coughs> what the Lord told me to say over our country. He told me to prophesy over certain cities. And this way he told me, he said, Angels, open up those gates to the crystal clear waters from the throne to flood our nation from one end to the other, cleansing the church. Because we have polluted the altars and God is going to like do a rushing mighty because he told me it was like a mighty uh, thrust a mighty it wasn't like wind but it was like a mighty waters I, in other words bride the only way I can describe it is like this when I I'm gonna cry but when I stood before the Niagara Falls they're so beautiful I mean you cannot stand there and look at this mighty wonder of God this beautiful fall and not admire God's creation not admire God's beauty I mean really you just stand there in awe that's why people will pay 20 bucks to park just to see this thing and I was looking at those mighty falls just the the pressure of the great waters that come from the top of the earth down to the bottom was just so beautiful to watch. The Lord showed me that that is what is about to hit our nation. <clears throat> from one end to the other in the church. The judgment that's coming to the church. And it is going to clean the pollution of the idols. With the crystal clear waters. To clean out this pollution and sin that we have brought to the idols of our churches and from fornication, and from things strangled, and from blood. <clears throat> so all the transgressions that we have brought to God. Let's keep going. <clears throat> fornication, and from things strangled, and from blood. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. Then pleased at the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company. What? Wait a minute! Did that just say the apostles sent? 
Then the, it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company. They sent. That is what we do as ministers. We send. We raise up and send out for them to achieve their destiny. Amen. To Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, surnamed Barsabbas, and Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. The apostles and elders and brethren send a greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying, ye must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we have such commandment. It seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men unto you. To send men, come on. Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, now these were men, now this is key, these were men that they knew were ready to be sent. Which means that these apostles partnered with them uh, through their journey. You know, they watched them probably being testified, tried, I mean tested, tried, purified, sifted. And then they said these people were ready to go. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth, which seem good to the Holy Ghost and to us, to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that ye abstain from meats offered to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication, from which if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well. Come on now. As the minimum. So when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle, which when they had read, they rejoiced for the consolation. And Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words, and confirmed to them. And after they had tarried there a space, they were let go in peace from the brethren unto the apostles. Notwithstanding, it pleased Silas to abide there still. Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord, and see how they do. Wait a minute. Barnabas determined to take with them. Basically, they went after the one, the 99. You know that old saying, the 99 and the one. Let's go back. These are the apostles saying, let's go back and check on these people that we have ministered to before. Uh, let's keep going. Um, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. Okay, so they're saying there's dissension among the disciples, and instead of them arguing and fighting, they just split ways. So, in other words, they left in peace. And you Paul know. chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. All right, bride, I pray that this encouraged you this morning, and this kind of primes us. 
for the 40 days team today uh, that we are praying about the preacher pyramid that God would forgive our nation and that we would raise up people to discover their destiny in God so that when they stand before the throne, he can say to them, well done, thy good and faithful servant. How many missionaries are sitting in churches dormant that God has called to go to other seas, other shores, but they um, are encouraged, you know, they get so engulfed and encouraged to stay under this one vision, you know, we're just going to repent of that today. I mean, I understand God telling us to serve a pastor and to, uh, you know, serve their vision. But as long as you know what you're doing, no matter what position you're in, that that is what God has called you to do. And see, when we come in the church when we are young and we're needing milk, definitely, you know, we sit under ministry and we learn and we grow but there comes a point when you become a mature son and daughter of God when you must ask yourself, okay, what has God called me to do? I'm 50 years old. I've already lived half my life. Or I'm 60. I don't have much time. I'm 70. You know, what do I need to do, Lord? Okay, I've lived on this earth 60 years. And I have sat in this one church, and this is all I've done, and I haven't really done anything except maybe one little thing. Have you called me to something else, Lord? Is there... I just want to ask you. I want to get before you and ask you, Lord, what have you called me to do? I want to make sure before I leave this earth that I have lived the life that you wrote for me before time began. And you said, I want her to live the most amazing, incredulous life she could ever imagine if she will just seek me and ask me, what is the mission for my life? So what I'm going to pray for you today, Brad, is that you would hear the Lord about your specific mission. And then the team today, we will pray uh, for the church's soul about this matter. And the only reason this is brought up as an idol is because I've heard the cry of America about this subject. I mean, this is very, very serious. This is why uh, the church is being split on so many ways right now across the country. So this one issue needs to be addressed before the throne and needs to be repented of. So what I'm going to pray for you, Brian, is that you would hear the Lord and that he would confirm your mission. And I have met so many people on the road that says, I do not know what I'm called to do. I want to do something great. I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave a footprint on this earth. I don't want to live here 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years and not have left a footprint. Yes, we have children. But you are a spirit that God sent to the earth for a reason. 
to impact his garden. We're all in his garden, which I talk about it in this book right here. Organic Christianity, Back to the Garden. That's what I talk about is destiny in there. Anyways, uh... So you are in his garden and every one of you have a destiny that God wants to fulfill. And I am one, if you ever read my life story, there's a book about that too. But in my life story, you will discover a woman that the enemy attacked as a child, molested and attacked vilely against her purity and attacked her through ministers, not sexually, but through ministers' rejection and everything, at a very young age to instill hatred and bitterness towards men and towards, uh, you know, ministers. And when that girl, that little girl that was so violated, when she grew up and gave her life to the Lord, and was raised in an alcoholic home and all that stuff, okay? When she found out the price that God wanted her to pay for her destiny, she battled him for 25 years over it. In and out. Back and forth. I'll do it, but then that's too much. I can't do it. It's too much. It's too much. And finally, I mean, God sent her to Bible college and everything, gave her all these miracles she went through all kinds of counseling, all kinds of healing to forgive all these ministers and all this kind of stuff. Finally, it finally comes to a blow and a head four and a half years ago. After I graduated with my master's degree, the Lord put a stop to it. And he told me, he said, get on your face and give it all to me and get right with me. And when I did, and I surrendered it all. I mean, my life, my will, everything about me, my whole destiny. I said, I'm in all the way. When I did that, the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you ever backslide again, I will take your life. And you think, God would never say that. Yes, he does. You know why? Because the destiny on my life is global. It is worldwide. It is so massive. He has given me dreams. He's, he's given me prophecies. I know all this is coming. The great wealth and everything, all the things that he showed me is coming. He told me, if you leave me again, I'm going to have to take your life because the calling on your life is so great, the destiny on your life is so great, and you cannot uh, mess with that again. You cannot hinder that destiny. So that's why you see me so fanatical and so determined and you've seen me homeless you have seen me uh on the streets you have seen me uh traveling all over the nation with nothing i mean you have seen me being tested by god tried and purified for such a time as this okay so now i have become after all the years of the testing and the purging and serving others i served ministries for three years straight where he made me serve them for free with all my skills. He told me, he said, I want you to use your talents and gifts to help my people, and my bribe will take care of you. That's what he told me. And so all these gifts I have, the 
media, the book publishing, all that stuff. <clears throat> it's for the church. I wanted it for my world because I was single, but he wants it for the church. So anyways, after all these years, four and a half years later, although I don't have a mansion and although I don't have a car right now, I have become someone that I could never have imagined I would ever be without a cigarette not be in the bed with a man. Not be uh, just the way I was. I mean, the Lord has taken me to another level, to another place. I never, I, mean, I don't even know this woman. This is a June that only God could have created. It's a pure, consecrate, I'm going to cry because... I'll just give him glory this morning of what he's done in my life. But that is the new book. That is the new woman. And God does get all the glory for that. Because he, he took away the stain. He took away the nastiness, the darkness. He took all that away and he made a person who is learning to walk in the darkness on the very, very, very extremely narrow path, you know. But He is with me through all of it. And that is what I'm going to pray for you, that you will discover what your destiny is and that your blueprint on the earth will be left. Let's pray. Lord, I pray. I just want to thank you, Lord. For what you have done in my life. I thank you for all the ways that you have changed my heart, God. And that you have healed me of all those transgressions that were done against me as a child. You healed me of the anger I had towards pastors and men. And you healed me, Lord, of... Uh, so many things, Lord. And I just thank you for that. And I thank you, Lord, for the woman that you are raising up, that you have designed, that you are chiseling into this woman of God, that you have designed, that you wrote before time began. I thank you that she is the butterfly that's coming forth, Lord. It's the one that you made. And Lord, I pray for your bride today, all them that are watching this broadcast, Lord. I pray that they would hear your voice, that they would hear what the Spirit is saying unto them, that they would have dreams and visions, that they would know, Lord, what have you called them to do? Lord, I know you have spoken to many of your children. They're called to be martyrs. Some people are called to give their life for the gospel in the future. And you've already spoken to them about it, Lord. Whatever our plot is, Lord, we want to live this life in the fullest, maximus, uh, going forth with all of our might, with all of our gusto for you. So speak to your church today, Lord. Speak to your people. We don't know how much time we have left before you return. 
or before we have to go home. But we want that time to be for you. We want to fulfill the mandate that you have for our life so that when we stand before the throne, you will tell us, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's what we want to hear, Lord. And I pray for my friends out there that they will hear too and that they will know and that when it comes to the time that they have to decide, oh my goodness, you want me to give up this? You want me to give up that? And when their children reject them and their spouses reject them and their parents reject them and, and everybody around them rejects them, their church rejects them, their community rejects them, that it does not take them off the course. That when they hear your voice, that they will go down that path, no matter the rejection no matter the ridicule, no matter the persecution, no matter the craziness that it even sounds, how it looks, that when they hear your voice, that they will follow that voice and they will hear no other. We are in the days of the great deception, God. You know this. And I'm praying that my friends will not be deceived, Lord. I am praying that my friends... That the scales will come off their eyes and they will see what is happening out there, Lord. That they will not be in the great whore system. That they will not be a part of this one world religion. This movement that's taking place in the earth right now that is so subtle. I pray that they will not, Lord. And that they will have eyes wide open and that they will be researchers and they will be seekers and they will not just be followers and follow somebody blindly off a cliff, Lord. That they will read your word, God, your precious word. And that they will ask you, Holy Spirit, teach me. I want to know what is the truth. And they will be shocked to discover that a lot of the doctrine that's been taught out there is not true. Is not true. The Holy Spirit is the truth. And He confirms His Word. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you reveal yourself to all my friends. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Alright, Bride, well, I gotta get off here. I got another prayer meeting to go to. And... Right now, I'm already late. <laughs> God bless you, Brian. Bye-bye.